2: What's going on everyone and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud members of the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF PodNet on Twitter. You can find me, your host for the evening, Matthew Bruning at MB on Twitter. We're just one of a ton of great podcasts that are associated with this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Bob Lung of The Consistency Show, The Consistency Guide, and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo. You also have Dr. Rodo and Corey Parsons from Sirius XM Radio. We are all available on FullTimeFantasy.com. Check us out for your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We are also proud to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best college football and NFL stats in the business. Very, very great website. Uh, If you really want to get into the NFL Draft class for 2020 and look at the statistics and the analytical side of these prospects, I would suggest checking out their website. It is awesome. It is what I use to do my deep dives into all of my prospects. For today's episode, we are going to be doing a little round table mock draft. Me, Dennis Bennett, who you can follow at culture underscore coach, Matthew Fox, who you can follow at Nighthawk 7734. We are going to be doing a live mock draft as we talk to you about the picks that we are making. I will give a rundown of the league type here in just a couple of minutes as those two guys are waiting. We also have a couple other people who are joining us to kind of give us a little bit more of a real feel, including our Thursday host with us, Mr. Tony Dyer. who You can follow at CommissionerMR on Twitter. And a couple others will be joining as well. So let's go ahead and jump Dennis and Matt on here and get into talking about the Superflex mock that we are doing for today's show. And we've got Mr. Dennis Bennett and Mr. Matthew Fox joining us, as I just mentioned, for the Superflex mock. Dennis, how you doing on this beautiful Monday?
3: Man, it's beautiful in Ohio. It's about
2: 68 degrees,
3: sunny, nice little breeze blowing. Can't complain one bit.
2: Yeah, you're stuck inside all day, right? Unfortunately. Well, <laughs>
3: at least at least I got a job to go to.
2: That's very true. Matt, how you doing uh, up there in beautiful Colorado on this wonderful Monday?
1: Doing pretty good. It's uh, 72 here right now. I got all the, the windows open, which is nice. Went on a little uh, walk at lunch and in the middle of a, a dynasty startup and we get to do a mock draft tonight. So it's uh, nice to think about happy things for a little change. For-
2: <laughs> yeah it's uh getting even closer to the n f l draft as well, which I'm pretty excited about so I mentioned in the intro um as I was doing the intro uh Matt here went above and beyond and got even more people to join uh so we've got um a couple more people who joined than I mentioned in the beginning, and again, so what we're doing here today is we're just gonna run through a super flex uh, Dynasty Startup Mock. So there are rookies involved in this as well. We're going to kind of go through our picks and talk about why we're making the picks that we did. So Matt, uh I'm sorry, Dennis is sitting at 1.1, so he'll obviously talk about his picks first. Matt will be picking at the 1.7 spot, and I'm picking at 112. Uh We're going to get through as many rounds as we can in this episode. I, I don't want to commit to a certain round, may talk a little bit longer about certain picks than others, uh, but we will finish doing... Uh, the rest of these as well, uh, probably on Thursday show, we want to give you guys like a full idea of what we think a Superflex startup mock will look like. We've got it set at, uh, I have it at 16 rounds here. That will be expanded in just a second before we start this up. Uh, but uh, that's, that's really it, so I'm excited to jump in, and let's go ahead and start the mock with Dennis on the clock. I did forget to mention we are doing uh, 17 rounds altogether. So again, I don't know if we will... Uh, complete the full podcast live in a bunch of different episodes, but we will do 17 rounds and eventually recap it. I will actually post a poll as well on Twitter, at least for the three of us on, on who we are voted has the best team between the three of us. But Dennis is on the clock at one, one Dennis, as we talked about Superflex dynasty startup. So what are your thoughts going into the one, one pick and who are you taking?
3: Well, I, I took the one, one spot because I want, I, I, don't spend a lot of time drafting from here, so even in startups. I'm usually in the middle or the back. And so I thought, well, let me see what kind of team I can build from the 1 1. Uh, in my most recent startups that I've been in, uh, there's been a lot of Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson, and probably rightfully so, going uh, at the 101. I look at, you know, I'm a, a running back early guy. And when I'm in the top four or five picks, I like to go running back. But in this case, given the shelf life of a running back, I I think it does kind of push me when we've got talent like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Um, They're probably the top two guys. And for me, Mahomes would be the, the number one. And so that is actually who I'm going to go with uh, at at the 101. I'm going to take Mahomes and then see how the rest of this thing plays out for me.
2: All right, so interesting <laughs> strategy. I am um, not someone who I usually go quarterback early, so I was actually kind of surprised, or I was wondering when the first quarterback was going to go. So Dennis, go ahead and it does, kicks it off right from the beginning of the draft. Goes one one Patrick Mahomes again, not a bad pick. I would say, does anybody even, for I guess both of you guys that were waiting for it to get to your pick at 1.7, Matt, is Lamar Jackson in the discussion at all, or Deshaun Watson? Those kind of seem to be like the two guys that are right up there with Mahomes, or is it easily Mahomes for you as well, Matt?
1: You mean as the top quarterback for Dynasty? Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. Not not the 1-1 pick, but the top quarterback overall.
1: Yeah,
2: I I think Mahomes for
1: Dynasty, I was just uh, looking at, Rankings for this upcoming year, and I think based on what he did, um, I would give Jackson the nod at least to start going into 2020. But for Dynasty, I feel like Mahomes and his playing style is probably likely to have a longer and and more prolific career uh, than Jackson. I think there's been a lot of concern about the hits he takes and what that might do to him long term, and I think those are valid uh, concerns.
3: Yeah, I look at it from the standpoint of I could, you know, Mahomes could be my QB1 in a Superflex dynasty for the next 10 or 12 years.
2: That's true. That and is very it, true.
3: In it playing at a super high level, that's definitely something uh, worth building around.
2: All right, so let's run through some of the next picks uh, before we get to Matt here, who just made his pick. Saquon Barkley goes at two, Christian McCaffrey goes to John Hamler's at three. Tony takes Michael Thomas at 1.4 and he sent in with Mahomes already gone. He has to take the best player. Um, I don't actually kind of agree with him on that. Uh, there's, I don't know if I'd have taken Zeke or Kamara. That gets depends on, on how you value your team. Like Dennis, you said earlier, you kind of sometimes look at running backs early in that round. Michael Thomas. So it's hard to argue being able to grab at the 1.4 spot. Uh, is it Ryan Matt here at number five? Yeah, Ryan. Uh, he takes Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Tony did not tell us his wife's name, but she's participating in this as well, or his fiance. She takes Alvin Kamara at one point six, and then up at one point seven. Matt, who did you take and why?
1: I uh, I took Chris Godwin. Um, so I actually am picking. I picked uh, to pick at spot seven because I'm currently in a twelve team superflex startup at Fuck. pick seven, and I was uh, curious to see.
2: Uh, Sorry, <laughs>
1: obviously, some- <laughs> my
2: player, my player win. I'm pissed
1: now. Um, So I actually ended up getting Kamara in my live draft. Um, I probably would have considered him there at seven, but I had been thinking to myself if I was going to take Adams or Godwin. And so uh, for this one, I took Godwin. I really like uh, what he's doing. I like uh, what he's doing with Arians as his coach. I think he has a chance to even be uh, close to the So the number one receiver in 2020. So um, I rolled the dice. He's He's a young player I like.
2: Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting pick for me. I'm interested to get your thoughts on it as well, Dennis. Chris Godwin, uh, I mean, we obviously saw a huge step up from him last year. I would I would think it's fair to say everybody and their mother thought he was having a breakout year last year with what he did the year before, and it definitely came true. He now gets a quarterback that is not going to turn the ball over, which also might mean to they're not going to get as many chances on offense either because they were throwing the ball so much more. But you know Tom Brady is likely going to lean on him with the position that he plays. Uh, the next two wide receivers that went were Hopkins and Tyree Kill. Interesting that you took him over Hopkins, though I can see the argument with him going to Arizona. Not quite sure what you're going to get out of Hopkins now, not being the the target that is force-fed in Houston. But uh, Dennis, what are your thoughts on him going Chris Godwin there at
3: 1-7? That's, uh, you know, like uh, Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit. Uh, the I can't uh, say that I recall Godwin going as a wide receiver two anywhere. I'm currently in a a startup with a bunch of guys from uh, Dynasty Nerds and the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Let me see here. Godwin went with the 301 as wide receiver one. Uh two, three, four. So I guess, you know, it probably isn't as big a stretch as uh as I was thinking. Mike Clay 107 versus
1: 304 or uh, 301. Mike Clay has him as wide receiver four for his dynasty rankings. It, I mean, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I was tempted to pick him, but with the shift to Arizona, I'm not sure that I like his dominance there as well because they're a team that has some more weapons so that kind of swayed for me. I almost picked Devonte Adams. Um that was my second
2: I'm, choice. I'm glad you didn't because I was going to have to curse again here. So after uh, you took Chris Godwin, uh, DeAndre Hopkins went at 1.8, uh, Nick Chubb went at 1.9, who's who I was hoping to grab. He seems to be falling toward the back end of every draft. Uh, I think he's going to do great things here in this Kevin Stefanski slash Gary Kubiak run system they're going to bring to uh, Cleveland. So he's, he's the guy that I'm really trying to target in a lot of my drafts. Uh, Tyree Kill at 110. Uh, then Daniel Tobin at 111 takes Lamar Jackson, at uh, which point comes to me at 112. Uh, I was debating between a couple players here. Again, I wanted Nick Chubb to fall. I went ahead and took Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, had high hopes for him last year. I do think them getting, although there is a lot of rumors that Herbert might be the guy. Regardless if they get Herbert or Burrow, I think bringing in a viable quarterback that's going to help that offense is big. They should get a be, uh, offensive line should be better this year with some of the guys coming back from injury. I'm expecting a big year from Mixon, uh, so I took him at 112, and then I took Devontae Adams, who again in my de- in my opinion outside of Michael Thomas uh, is in the discussion for one of the best wide receivers in the game, right up there with the top guys. I I take him over Tyreek Hill. Um, I see your argument for Godwin, but I would probably take him over Godwin just because he's a little bit more proven. Uh, But outside of that, I I don't have an issue with any of the other guys I've gone. I'm I'm actually kind of glad that he fell to me. Do either one of you guys have any issues with my two picks before we move on to what's going on in the second round?
1: Nope. No. uh, not a fan of Mixon, but yeah well
2: yeah I mean it was either him or cook for me and I was uh you know I I just can't trust uh uh I just can't trust Dalvin cook to stay healthy who actually ended up going at pick two two to Daniel Tobin uh, so he starts off Lamar Jackson and Dalvin cook Julio Jones at 2-3 Aaron Jones at two four. We've got Josh Jacobs at 2-5, but that puts Matt back on the clock at 2-6. So what are we thinking here at 2 six? Oh, okay, all right, nice and quick. You go ahead and take Deshaun Watson. Why'd you take Deshaun Watson? Uh,
1: for me, I, I still think he's the number three quarterback uh, for Dynasty. In my actual Superflex startup, I waited on quarterback, and I have some... Uh, case of the sads so i decided in this one to uh to to hit quarterback early um you know i think there's probably four or five guys that would be worth getting in the top two or three rounds if you don't get them i i'm usually content to wait uh a little bit longer i don't think there's as big of a spread down at the bottom but watson uh is a guy i really like i think he's still going to be good despite losing deandre hopkins and there's Always an outside chance he ends up uh with New England.
2: <laughs> wow, I wasn't expecting that last part to get thrown in there. uh I like the pick i'm I'm all all, all on board to Sean Watson even without uh Hopkins there. I would think you could make the argument that he needs to be uh even better now with Hopkins gone with the with the limited talent he has around him. so I love the Watson pick there for you. uh Dennis, you have anything you want to add on the Watson pick before we continue moving on.
3: No, I think it's a great pick. I, I have seen some uh, some people making the case for Kyler Murray as the QB three. I, I did think about I going think, him. I, I don't think I'm ready to to you know anoint him yet, even with um, DeAndre Hopkins added to the mix. There, uh, I, I I don't know. I I feel like they're the Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not bought into Kingsbury's offense. Uh, I, I, you know, I keep hearkening back to June Jones when he brought the run and shoot to the NFL and, you know, that spread four wide and just chuck it around quickly. And, and I just, uh, I'm I'm not there yet with the offense and, and, uh, and by proxy uh, with Kyler Murray. So uh, I, I do think there'll be plenty of targets to go around. It'll just depend on what they do with them when they get them. So I'd probably have went Watson there as well.
2: Yeah, I know you brought up Murray. I was actually thinking about going him there at uh, at the turn just to try and get my quarterback. But I, I do think, especially with the rookies in here, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I think outside of Mahomes. and as much as it hurts my heart to admit this Lamar Jackson, I think there's a little bit of a drop-off from those two and a lot of guys in that same range. Uh, So I am uh, going to hold off probably a little bit longer. So after he went to Sean Watson at 2-7, we had Melvin Gordon, Miles Sanders at 2-8, then Tony takes Amari Cooper at 2-9. The running backs are flying off the board here a little bit ridiculously. Uh, Tony chimes in, after a big-time contract, I have all the faith in the world in Amari Cooper. Having him as my wide receiver, too, is incredible. I can move forward knowing between him and Thomas, I have a surefire weekly wide receiver one. I don't know about that. That. I'd say every four weeks you have a wide receiver one on your team and Amari Cooper, but I know I'm not, i not, to, not, I should not be talking about Amari Cooper. I, I let, you know what? Dennis, Matt, you guys are both big fans of Amari Cooper. What are your thoughts on Tony taking Amari Cooper here at two nine?
3: So so let's like, you know, wide receiver seven, we got guys still on the board. Uh, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Cooper cup, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton. So, I think he's he's definitely in the mix there it just comes down to who do you like if your guy if cooper is your guy you know I, I don't really fault it.
1: Yeah I mean I like amari Cooper I don't think it's terrible it's probably a little high for me there are a couple other guys I would probably have gone for over him um, but you know when you have a guy you like sometimes you uh, make that big home run swing.
3: So I had a couple of guys I was eyeing here at the 212. Oh, hang on. Before,
2: before you talk about your 212, let me give it real quick. So after he took Amar Cooper, Leonard Fournette at 210, and then Mike Evans at 211. Go ahead.
3: So I was aiming for either Miles Sanders or Leonard Fournette. And through 22 picks, we've had 12 running backs come off the board. Uh, so now I look at it, and my top running backs available are Derek Henry, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, carry Johnson, James Connor, Devin Singletary, Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, Kenyon Drake. And honestly, Drake is probably the highest, uh, unless I'm looking at some of the rookies there. So I don't think I'm ready at, at this point, not knowing a landing spot. I don't think I'm ready to invest in a rookie running back. Uh, If we knew where some of the where Dobbins or Swift or Taylor had landed, then I'd probably be hoping one of them were available here. Or if one of them was not available, that would have caused Sanders or Fournette to drop down to me. So I'm going to end up switching. uh, Is this a tight end premium?
2: It is not. It's just regular tight end scoring.
3: Even so, there's, what, three or four tight ends that typically are going to be difference makers. It's a one-tight end league. Uh, do I grab one of the top three and, and go with a set it and forget it with Kittle or Kelsey or or Andrews is my guy? Uh, wide receiver is still on the board. I think I actually like the wide receivers better, and I'm going to play a little bit of chicken with uh, – With the running backs, we have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I'd be taking the wide receiver nine. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Kenny Galladay. I think Galladay is a a wide receiver one this year. Matt Stafford's back. Uh, They'll have a little more diversity with uh, Hawkinson being there and healthy for the whole season. Uh, on Johnson, Bo Scarborough. Uh, it seems Ty Johnson. They've got they've got a good stable of running backs. Carry on takes the next step and can stay healthy. It's going to provide a really solid running game. They also brought back Amendola and uh, Marvin Jones, who had a pretty bad injury, but he's back this year. And then signed Geronimo Allison. So there is some depth there in Detroit. So I feel pretty confident that Galladay. He's the alpha there. He's going to get. He's going to lead the team in targets, lead the team in catches, probably lead the team in touchdown receptions. So I'm going to go Galladay there. And then because I don't like any of the running backs available and I've decided I'm going to play chicken, my initial reaction was I was going to play chicken with my second quarterback. Well, now I'm going to sit down and and go, well, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go Dak Prescott with my second quarterback. Now I have two – top five quarterbacks uh
2: top five uh, and i'm top five ish
3: and i'm ready to roll
2: so first off Ho- homer pick on the wide receiver there homer pick Now i'm just kidding i'm actually i would have taken kenny Galladay over evans and cooper if i if i it's just me personally i i'm getting i'm a noted evans and uh, cooper haters so not a fan of the Prescott pick. I, I would have gone Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson there. So why not Russell Wilson? I, I didn't haven't been looking to see the, the rankings. I'd imagine Wilson was ranked higher than Dak. Why not Wilson over Dak?
3: Well, Wilson, I love Russell Wilson, but that team seems to be going away from a high, it's not a high-volume passing team to begin with. They don't run as many plays. So for me, it's more about the volume. I feel like – Detroit is going to spend more capital throwing the ball than they are than uh, Seattle is. And so I, and, and Galladay is, he is the alpha. He's, he's the mixture of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He's going to give you both of those guys's game. So uh, for me, it, it was a pretty easy situation. So I, I like Prescott because they are going to throw the ball. They have Gallup. They have, um, Cooper. They have Elliott, who it was only a couple years ago caught what seventy-five or eighty passes. Uh, yeah. they've got yeah. Pollard, who's a who's a great receiver, great weapon, and then Blake Jarwin taking over at tight end for them. He's he's was a pass catching threat in college. He's ascending to the lead role at tight end for Dallas. So I feel like there's a ton of weapons for that team uh, to put up some great passing numbers.
1: And if you believe the ESPN mock that they did today, Dallas is going to be able to draft C.D. Lamb at pick 17, which I almost had a heart attack.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. That would be retarded <laughs> in my opinion, but whatever. You know, what Dennis know?
1: isn't that far off. Mike Clay's, uh, I was looking at his dynasty rankings. He has DAC 5. A lot of people have DAC for dynasty quarterbacks in between 4 and 6.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I I, I don't know. Again, No, I don't, that's
3: exactly what you were saying because you hate no, Dak.
2: No, I don't hate Dak. I said top five-ish. He's not top five for me. He's top five-ish. He can get to five. I don't think he is. Uh, no, I mean, I'll be honest. i, I just still have taken the same player I talked about earlier in Kyler Murray. I think he's got a little bit more upside. I don't believe necessarily Dallas is going to rely as heavily on Dak as they did last year. No, ho, ho. I like a pick that was just made. That was uh, very interesting. All right, so uh, after your Dak Prescott pick, as we're moving toward Matt here at 1.7, at one uh, th- sorry 3.2, Derek Henry, 3.3, Austin Eckler, which was kind of an interesting pick. Uh, I mean, I guess he is the probably solidified starter, at least for now, for the Chargers. John's,
1: John's really high on Eckler because I think he took him really early in our uh, startup, too.
2: Gotcha. Okay, then at... Uh, 3.4 here, Tony takes Russell Wilson. I was trying to see if he sent anything in on why he took Russell Wilson, but I am not seeing anything, so we'll keep moving on. Oh, wait, maybe he did, and I just didn't read it.
1: Yeah, I think he did.
2: Uh, He said he went back and forth on Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson because he's very smart. I'd rather take the proven vet, especially... Uh, that we know that DK Metcalf haters are just haters. Ryan is stingy with RB and will be in major trouble fast, but that was exactly where Taylor should have been drafted. I like that. That was the pick. That was the pick that kind of raised my attention. Jonathan Taylor at 3.5. And so this is the interesting part, right? We we do have rookies included in this draft, not knowing yet where they're gonna land. Uh, right before we got on Aramee and Dennis, we're talking about an auction draft where we are in, where we've been actually. I spent a lot of money on some rookies that have not been drafted yet. What are your guys' thoughts on Jonathan Taylor going here at 3.5? Many consider him to be the best back, but we don't know exactly where he's going to land yet.
3: I like Taylor as a back. He, he's my, I think I have him at three after Dobbins and Swift. He, he's a good back. There's no denying that. And it, it just comes down to at this point, do you have faith in where he's going to land? And will he end up someplace where he can step into a starting role or at least start week one with a 50% share? You know, we, we don't know that just yet. So I, I like Taylor. I, I, I am perfectly fine with the, him being the pick here.
1: Yeah, I I think it's tough uh, for me a little bit doing rookies uh, right now because, you know, not seeing where the landing spot, but he does seem like a phenomenal talent. And um, Ryan, uh, I play with him in quite a few dynasty leagues. He is a very shrewd, uh, very strong player, uh, but one that's not afraid to take a big swing. uh, And that's kind of what I think we saw there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like the pick. Uh, already, do not like Tony's fiance. She took Kyler Murray, who I was really hoping to take here on the turn. And then we get to Matt, who you took Cortland Sutton. We're just uh, Homer picking this draft up. So why'd you take uh why'd you take Cortland Sutton here at a three point seven?
1: Um, I really like Sutton. Um, I think uh he developed great rapport with drew lock down the stretch denver has a real dearth of receiving options behind him uh we've seen him be able to dominate no matter who is quarterback i mean if you can put up incredible numbers with joe flacco and brandon allen as your quarterback for three quarters of the season um i have a lot of faith in you um I I just think he's a really dynamic player. I have Drew Locke maybe higher than some people. I think he can be a top 20 quarterback this year. And I'm all aboard the Sutton train.
3: I love Cortland Sutton.
2: Yeah, as do I. I'm just I'm just giving you crap. I know. I've, I feel like I probably mentioned this a million times on this podcast at this point. But uh, me and Dennis last year called for a huge breakout year for him. Uh, for for him this year, I, I love Sutton as well. I do think it's a good pick for you uh, to especially have, him as measure wide receiver two, where he has that chance of being a wide receiver one. Obviously, a lot of that's going to depend on Drew Locke. Uh, I like the pick. Uh, at 3.8, Cooper Cup at 3.9. Unfortunately, with a computer drafting, they took Antonio Brown. Um, I guess that is what it is. Maybe someone would have been stupid enough to do that. You never know. 3.10, George Kittle. Then at 3.11, Daniel Tobin took Travis Kelsey. Put me back on the clock at 3.12. I went ahead and took Devin Singletary. I wanted to kind of shore up my second RB spot at the moment. Uh, there was a couple other guys I thought about taking a bigger hit on. It was a possible rookie. Uh, but Devin Singletary proved it last year. They didn't end up bringing in Melvin Gordon where a lot of people thought they were, so I do think it's going to be the Singletary show for sure. Injuries scare me a little bit here, but uh, having him as my running back too, uh, I like that. And then I am going to take Keenan Allen at uh, 4-1 to kind of give me another wide receiver here. As Dennis was saying earlier, he's playing chicken with running back. I'm just going to go ahead and play chicken with quarterback at this point because really only, what, six of them have gone at this point, so I'm just going to keep... Keep hoping some of these other guys fall to me. So that puts Daniel Tobin back on the clock here at 4.2. But what are your guys' thoughts on my uh, picks there on the turn of Devin Singletary and Keenan Allen? I'll let you go first, Matt. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I like the Singletary pick. Uh, I think he's really poised uh, to take a step up. Their whole offense, I think, got better with Diggs uh, coming in and joining uh, Brown and Beasley. We think Knox is going to take a step up. With uh, New England a little bit in flux and the Jets and the Dolphins in various stages of rebuild, this is a real prime year for Buffalo, and I think it speaks a lot to their confidence in Singletary that they haven't gone out and added anybody to the backfield now. I would imagine they'll probably pick up someone at some point in the draft, and if they end up—they don't have a first-round pick. Um, So, you know, I don't think they're going to take one of the top guys. I think it speaks to their confidence. They're a team that wants to run. The only thing I still think that's a drawback for all Buffalo running backs is their goal line running back is Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, I I think the downside with Singletary is that I don't know if the sense – we want to believe that they're bought into him, that they're sold on him, and I just don't – I still have questions about that. So I feel like they're they're definitely going to bring somebody in, and if they were to take one of the top five running backs in on day two, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. So I, I kind of pause a little bit, waiting for for what's going to happen. That was probably why I passed on him uh, back at the other turn, because I, I do like him. I just I'm not I'm not hundred percent sold. Uh, I could see somebody like Lamar Miller showing up there and him splitting the carries 50-50, which pushes Singletary down to, you know, low-end RB2, high RB3 range, and, and like Gore did. So that's really my big concern there.
2: I mean, I'll be honest, I hope it's Lamar Miller because Lamar Miller is not going to hurt, his, uh, hurt uh, Singletary at all, in my opinion. <laughs> Matt, you mentioned Josh Allen kind of stealing carries away. That's exactly who uh, Daniel Tobin goes at 4.2. At 4.3, Chris – go ahead.
1: Tobin actually – he actually made a comment in our uh, other chat. He said he was really struggling going back and forth between Josh Allen and Carson Wentz and ended up going with Allen. Uh,
2: I would have gone Allen too, just my opinion, just because of Carson Wentz's injury history. And I think Allen, obviously, as you just mentioned – In all honesty, kind of being the goal line back for the Buffalo Bills gives you that much added, uh, running upside, which is a big thing for quarterbacks now, too. It really kind of separates some of those guys like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott because of what they can, Lamar Jackson, what they can do on the ground. Uh, 4-3, Chris Carson. 4-4, Tyler Lockett. 4-5, Devonta Freeman, which leads us to 4-6. And Matt, you took who?
1: I went with Mark Andrews at uh, tight end, third tight end off the board. I really like Andrews. I really think he's uh, probably the premier receiver in that Baltimore uh, receiving game right now. Um, This was actually a spot that I took Andrews in the startup draft that I'm doing right now, too. I like the value, um, and I think it gives me a set-it-and-forget-it tight end uh, for years to come.
2: Yep, yeah, I agree with you. I really don't have much to add to that. I love the pick of Andrews. He's he's definitely one of my favorites. One of my one of uh, mine and Dennis's better calls as well. In, in saying when he came out that he was going to be better than Hayden Hurst. At least I remember. I know I said that. So uh, I was still a big fan of the guy. And I think you uh, you got a rock solid pick there in the fourth round, getting in my opinion one of the best tight ends in the game. Dennis, you have anything to add on to Mark Andrews? You want to keep on rolling?
3: Keep rolling.
2: All right, so at 4-7, we had Allen Robinson, 4-8, DJ Moore, 4-9, Kenyon Drake, Four ten Todd Gurley, and at 4-11, carry-on Johnson, which brings us to the turn for Dennis, up at 4-12 and 5-1. What are we doing? Well, while you're thinking about that, I need to read uh, Tony. So he goes... Kenyon Drake here, and I'm trying to get my phone to pull up. Uh, he put Drake because he has a three-down skill set, and there are all the opportunity in the world was a happy happy with the franchise tag and then signed a deal. I expect him to carry the load for at least this year. Wouldn't be surprised to see him finish as a top 12 PPR running back. So that is why Tony took Kenyon Drake there at the 4.9. Dennis, you're up at the turn. What are you thinking about doing at 412 and 5'1?
3: So there's 21 running backs off the board, much like uh, round two where I was waiting on Sanders and Fournette. I was kind of hoping Drake would fall to me here. Uh, I, I Honestly, I, I thought uh, I could get Tony's um, uh, Indianapolis Colts homerism to get him to take Mac, but he didn't. Uh, I do like Carry on Johnson, but I'm a little concerned that Detroit's offense doesn't run a ton of plays and they're splitting that backfield up. And so since I have Galladay, who's the alpha running back, I don't think I would have taken Johnson if he was there. Um, I'm still a guy who is, you know, the big difference between Todd Gurley and Lev Bell for me it, it besides Bell has Adam Gase. But Bell has been generally healthy now. He's not dealing with a, a long-term arthritic condition that's sapped a lot of his strength, a lot of his, his quickness. So I'm going to go Bell as the 22nd running back at the 412. And as my RB1, we know he can catch the ball. He's a good running back. Uh, the Jets seem to be putting some... Free agency capital into their offensive line and and i'm a i'm a believer in sam darnold as a as a a prospect so i i feel like uh, and, and i mean who the hell do they have at wide receiver my, my, exactly nobody so
2: yeah that that's, thought we thought it was is, rhetorical by that
3: yeah
1: paramount how dare you <laughs>
3: It's, he's definitely listed as a wide receiver. Um, so I, 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 I like Le'Veon Bell, uh, at, at this point, low end RB two. And then I'm going to double tap the running backs and I'm going to go with the young guy with David Montgomery. Uh, he had a down season as a rookie. The jury, in my opinion, is still out. I know he's got a, uh, A lot of people who don't like him. He does, he did spend a lot of his rookie year uh, hopping around too much. He needs to plant that foot and go and take the four yards when it's there. Um, You know, he's a guy that's not going to give you uh, a lot of 60 yard runs, but he'll give you a lot of nine yard runs. And, you know, those add up. They eat the clock, Uh, they score fantasy points too. So I went with Montgomery as my RB2.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like both of them. I can't hate on taking a guy like Le'Veon Bell in the fourth round. And, you know, I'm a big Montgomery fan as well. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he does this year with Chicago. I have a feeling things are going to be changing. We heard, uh, uh, my, was it uh, was it Pace came out? Orlando Pace, I believe, came out the other day and said that uh, it will be an open competition between Foles and Trubisky, so that may speak more better. Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace, I'm sorry. Uh, that might speak... Uh, That might be good things for David Montgomery as well and hopefully kind of opening the run game a little bit more with him. But I do agree with you, Dennis, at times. He he tended to bounce around a little bit more than he should have last year. He just needs to kind of take what he is given. Matt, what are your thoughts on those before we start uh, moving forward into the fifth round?
1: Yeah, I thought that was uh, good too. I was actually eyeing uh, Montgomery if he came back. So um, I think that's a good pick. That was a, a guy that, that I think has some potential that's maybe been forgotten about. And uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell, one of my favorite uh fantasy players. I have a lot of shares of him. I hope he's better this year.
2: All right. So at five two goes Adam Thielen, at five three to John Hamlers goes Aaron Rodgers, and an interesting pick here by Tony. I was wondering when he oh, would split. go. And that was at 5-4, uh, he goes DeAndre Swift. He says, I'm hoping Swift goes to a team like Tampa Bay. I know that it's a huge <laughs> risk, but I don't see Swift going to a place where he will be relegated to his satellite or backup duties. And I do agree with him. I think, especially, Matt, you mentioned earlier, it's kind of hard to draft some of these rookies yeah. right now, not knowing their landing spots. But I would say, in, at least in my opinion, and I could be very proven very wrong by this, I do think guys like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, and J.K. Dobbins, there is no way they're landing on a team as a backup running back. I do think they're likely going to get drafted by RB needy teams. So those guys are, in my opinion, guys you can take a shot on. DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, is the best running back in this class. So a lot of people have been saying there's a thought he may end up go to, say, Kansas City. If he goes to Kansas City and he is the best running back in this class, like I think getting that guy at 5.4 is an absolute steal. So that is one of the... The upsides about drafting in a league like this as early as you are as you can get, you can't get steals early, but you also could get screwed royally if DeAndre Swift say ends up with the Chicago Bears as we were just talking about with David Montgomery, uh, and then uh, just kind of gets relegated to nothingness. At five point five, we had DJ Chark, five point six Carson Wentz, and then you son of a bitch! All right, I'm ending the <laughs> podcast now. I'm not even going to continue. I was hoping he was going to fall to me, but uh, Matt, who did you just... You know what? I can remove that pick, actually. Remove player. Matt, you're on the clock at 5.7. Who are you taking?
1: (laughs) I took Baker, the touchdown
2: maker.
3: I thought for sure you'd take him at the last turn, Matt, just to make sure you got him.
2: No, you know, uh, (laughs) if this was a real draft, I might have reached. But because it's a mock draft, I'm actually trying to do a different strategy. I do try to get Baker on all my teams. But go ahead, Matt. I
1: think think Baker's going to have a rebound year. I think we've seen a couple of times now teams that are really hyped uh, struggle one year and then kind of bounce back the next year. If you look at the Vikings in 2018, they had a lot of hype and a lot of pressure after signing Kirk Cousins, and they took them a while to kind of gel and to get together, and they missed the playoffs that year. But then last year, they came back and put together a pretty decent season. I think there's too much talent on Cleveland for them not to get it together at some point. Um, And so I'm just hoping that that this is going to be year. I actually when I was doing quarterback rankings for 2020, I put Baker uh, QB 12 right on the fringe of QB one. So I'm really hoping he ends up there.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, is a huge Browns fan, I'm hoping he has a bounce-back year as well. Uh, I am a little bit worried. I talked about this on on the Browns show that I do yesterday. With them not having any actual, like, training camps and everything is what looks like we're not going to get. It does worry me a little bit bringing in a whole new offensive system, a whole new offense that Baker is going to have to learn now for the third year in a row having to learn a brand-new offense. It does worry me a little bit. Uh, I know they're getting to, you know, quote-unquote, do virtual learning of these offenses. and everything. But being out there at practice with the, a lot of the other players and everything and learning that with them and the coaching staff is a lot different. I do think that's going to hurt a lot of these teams that have the new coaches like the Browns the Cowboys, uh, the Carolina Panthers, not being able to kind of get these game plans installed in person could really hurt them this season. Uh, so that is one fear I have for Baker, but I do, I'm with you. I'm leaning more toward him having a bounce back year, looking more like he did his rookie year uh, than we saw last year. At a 5.8, we had James Conner, 5.9, Tyler Boyd, and then 5.10, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, so that puts Daniel Tobin on the clock at 5.11, which then puts me up at the turn. Uh, okay, my God, man, I hate every single one of you motherfuckers. All right, so Odell Beckham goes at 5.11. Uh, so I guess do huh, – you know what? No, I can't do it. I can't do it yet. I was going to take a quarterback. Take green, huh? I was going to take Matt Matt's favorite player, Kirk Cousins, but I think I am going – Oh, Two pass please, God, at the, the moment reach. and I am going to take uh, you know what I'm gonna keep playing chicken with uh with these uh running or with quarterbacks I'm gonna go Debo Samuel at 512 uh, I do think he's likely going to be the one or at least uh if Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be the guy Uh, I I do think he's a steal right there. And then I'm going to do something that I've seen a couple other people do because I don't want to miss out with him. I'm going to take my guy J.K. Dobbins. I do think Dobbins is going to end up – on a team and be the guy, there's been a lot of mocks putting him in a place like Tampa Bay. Uh, regardless of where he goes, I think he's going to be an absolute stud in the NFL from everything I saw him do at Ohio State. So again, me getting a, a starting running back, in my opinion, here at the 6.1, who has a shot uh, to be at, at worst, I think, a, wide, a running back 2. I, I, I like that pick for me. That's who I'm going to take. Uh, so what do you guys think about Debo Samuel at 5.12 and Dobbins at 6.1? Since so I started with Matt last time, I'll go to you, Dennis.
3: No, I like Debo. I'm a big fan of Debo. Uh, my my concern with the 49ers is passing volume and with Kittle taking so much passing volume. And that, uh, that running game, it's shown that they're not hesitant to give 40 carries to the running game when it works. And Shanahan is really good about making that running game work. So I like Debo, huge fan of Debo. have quite a few shares of Debo, but, uh, I think I would have pro, you know what? Uh, Tobin just went DK Metcalf. I feel like Metcalf would would have been the better receiver over Debo. Uh, I just feel like Metcalf is going to get more targets. Um, then Debo will targets and carries. So uh, I don't hate the pick because I love the player. Right. Uh, I just have concerns about the volume.
2: So I'll be honest, I thought about Metcalf. For me, it was it was between three players, the three wide receivers. It was Metcalf, Gallup, and Samuel. For me, the reason I went Samuel, I agree with you, Metcalf is likely going to get more targets, but what Kyle Shanahan does with Debo Samuel and moving him all around the offense, even using him in the running game, is why I went with Samuel, because he is just such a versatile weapon. He was injured a lot last year as well, which I think limited his upside yet. He was still kind of in talks with what he did at the end of the year and in the playoffs as a guy who – Could have been the wide receiver one of this class with the Metcalfs and the A.J. Browns. Uh, So that's why I went him. I just think he's got a little bit more versatility. Love D.K., As you know, he was my wide receiver one of this class last year. Uh, But I do think his upside is somewhat limited in something we discussed earlier with Russell Wilson and that offense not necessarily airing it out as much. And I think Tyler Lockett a year back, hopefully healthy, is also going to take a little bit more away from DK as well. Uh, Matt, before we move on to the rest of the uh, sixth round, do you have any thoughts on Samuel and Dobbins?
1: No, I I like the uh, Samuel pick. I think he could end up uh, taking a, a leap, kind of like what we saw with uh, Sutton last year, so um, I like the potential there, um, and I think I feel the same way as you do about taking him over DK Metcalf. I think Seattle, you know, they, they're talking about playing Disley and Greg Olson, too. Um, both those guys, you know, when Disley was on the field, he was a Goal line target. Um, they're a team that has seemed to like to run. Um, so I, I think there's a lot more competition there with Emmanuel Sanders moving on. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys in the San Francisco receiver core that people have had high hopes for at different points in time that have never really materialized. Samuel, the way they moved him around and used him in different facets, I, I think he's going to be a real weapon for them.
2: Yeah, the one big thing that scares me with Samuels, I've seen some mocks, uh, I've seen a lot of mocks of San Francisco now with the extra first round pick taking a guy like Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb. And if that happens, that's definitely going to affect Samuels' stock, some in my opinion, but I I still like the pick. Uh, So you were just mentioning a DK Metcalf. He did just go at 6.2 to Daniel Tobin. At 6.3, Calvin Ridley. At 6.4, Mark Ingram. 6.5, Michael Gallup. And that put Matt up here at the clock at 6.6. Who did you take, Matt?
1: I took Juju Smith-Schuster, and um, I know it wasn't a great year last year, um, but it's hard, I think, for people to remember. He's only 23, going to be 23 years old when this season starts. There are rookies that are coming in um, that are still that age or older than him. Um, you know, there was a reason he was a huge. You know, first round dynasty pick last year. I still think with uh, Ben Roethlisberger or something closer to a competent passer in uh, in Pittsburgh, and the way we've seen Deontay Johnson and James Washington kind of develop, if they can get the running game going, um, you know, they added Ebron at tight end. That's going to make it harder for people to to key in on him. He also struggled with injuries a little bit last year. I think he's a player who is getting a little bit too steep of a discount.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I really like the pick, actually. Um, and, and one thing that um, has kind of been floated out there here as of late is that the Steelers may not bring him back. He, For those of you who may not remember, I believe he was like a third or fourth round pick in the draft a couple years ago. Uh, So he could actually be a free agent, I believe, after this season. So he may be playing for a new contract with a different team or even for Pittsburgh. I did know one of the Pittsburgh Steelers reporters, and I can't remember what his name is at the moment, uh, said that there's been a lot of talk in the Steelers organization that they will not bring Juju back. And I'm with you, Matt. I think he has a huge bounce back year. Uh, Not only did he have incompetent quarterback play last year, he dealt dealt with a lot of injuries. So I do think that affected him. Dennis, any thoughts on... uh, on Juju, or do you want to keep on rolling?
3: Uh, no, I like the Juju pick. Uh, I I expect Juju to bounce back. I think uh, healthy Ben Roethlisberger for one last hurrah uh, is really uh, going to make a difference for him this year. Deontay Johnson and, and James Washington both play very complementary roles to Juju, and so uh, for me, it's clear that he's the one who's going to get the he's g- going to get fed this year.
2: All right, so after that, at 6.7, we saw A.J. Brown. At 6.8, Matt Ryan. At 6.9, Tony took – where do we go? Stefan Diggs. uh, He said here that uh, – where where am I going at? Never expected Diggs to fall this late. Uh, Love him in Buffalo's offense and to add another young elite wide receiver to my group. So that is uh, his thoughts on that. He also said something about he's – he doesn't love waiting on QBs this long, which I do kind of also understand because I have yet to take a QB at all. At least you have Russell Wilson right now, Tony, so you got that going for you. We are waiting for John to make his pick at 6'10", so as we're waiting for that to happen... uh. I'll start with you, Matt, since you're a little bit further into your picks than uh, Dennis is. How do you like your team so far? Do you think it's shaping up pretty good? You're waiting a little bit on running backs, as uh, well. Dennis was up until the last round. So, how are your? Uh, what are you feeling about the running backs coming back around to you? And your thoughts on on that uh, that running back pool getting a little bit uh, shallow?
1: Do you need running backs to win? I,
2: I don't know. You know, uh, the NFL tells <laughs> you no. So yes, I guess you would technically be correct on that with the way the NFL thinks.
1: Uh, No, I mean, there were a couple of times where I looked at backs and I liked other picks uh, better. And, you know, I I feel like everybody pounded running backs. A lot of people pounded running backs pretty hard early. So um, I'm just going to try to make the best team I can make in other positions. You know, it seems like uh, when you do drafts like this, there's always one position that gets a little bit of a a short shrift. And uh, for me, I guess it was running back. I just, I liked some of the value of receiver and a tight end. Um, You know, and I got my quarterbacks uh, for super flex. So we'll see uh, what I'm, I'm just going to have to hope that I find some diamonds in the rough or get some people there's still some some good choices out there. I think the added mix of pulling in rookies that we haven't seen drafted um, has added more running backs getting pulled in because those, you know, there's three on the board right now that you would typically see at the top of the rookie draft. Um, in the startup I'm in right now, we are doing a separate rookie draft post NFL draft, um, so I, you know, I think it changes things a little bit. Um, but there's some guys that I think that still have some upside that I can grab later when people are trying to focus on quarterback or tight end or, or getting receivers.
2: All right. I, I like it. I like it. Dennis, how do you feel your team's shaping up? You're sitting with two running backs, two quarterbacks and one wide receiver at the moment.
3: Well, I, I feel like after the top three tight ends that there's from tight end four until tight end 10 or 12, there's not a huge gap. And so I'm willing to, Uh, I'm willing to wait there. The other thing that comes up is how long, you know, do I, since it's super flex, do I go for a third quarterback? Do I go early? So I've got three really good quarterbacks, which could put me at a position of power when it comes to trying to, uh, later in the season, if I want to try to make a move, I, I have an injury or something. Uh, with only one wide receiver, clearly I, I have felt that uh, – hold on one second. My dog just opened my door.
1: Because in our actual startup with Superflex,
3: right. I was
1: behind in taking a quarterback, and I was at the – i quarterback run started just after me. Uh-huh. So I got decimated. I have Drew Locke and Phillip
2: Rivers. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate I don't the think lock that's pick.
1: Terrible, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rivers. I, I think it just kind of depends on what you think he's going to be able to do in Indy. I don't think that's bad to have too. Like I'm, the only reason I'm holding off, and and we're we're I'm just going to throw it in real quick as Dennis, uh, so he can start working on his picks. So at six ten, Hamler takes Matthew Stafford, and then at six eleven, Robert Woods. Uh, which puts Dennis on the clock at six twelve and 7, 1. Uh, the only reason I've kind of been holding off is I'm scrolling down here, and there's ease. I mean, you still got all the way down to, not that I want to start really Dwayne Haskins, Phillip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, but you have those, Derek Carr. You obviously have a bunch of rookies that I really like, uh, and Burrow and Herbert or Tua are all still on the board, so... For me, I'm just thinking I'm going to shore up as many positions as I can, and then I'll worry about attacking quarterback. Likely going to take a quarterback on this turn, as I don't want to wait too long to get a good quarterback. But uh, I'm with you, and I don't think your quarterbacks are too bad that you just mentioned there. Like, Yeah, I think it could be worse. Both those guys could easily be right in the middle or top of of the QB2 territory, Uh, and that's not a bad thing, especially Locke. I, I really like Locke. I think he's in for a big year this year. Uh, so Dennis, you just made your two picks here at six twelve and seven one. Uh, you went two wide receivers. So tell us about those wide receivers.
3: Well, first I went with uh, Terry McLaurin. That may be a little bit of my Ohio State homerism. Maybe he is going to live up to the high points that he showed last year. He he looked good last year. He looked like he belonged, um, and he looks like he's the wide receiver one in in Washington. So. Let's see what Rivera can do with that offense. Uh, hopefully, he McLaurin continues to get the opportunity. I, I, you know, I like some of the other receivers that they have there as well. I think Calvin Harmon has a nice role there. Steven Sims has a nice role, and so with McLaren as the the one who can be moved around, he, he's a smart player. He's fast. He's a good receiver. Uh, And then at 7-1, I went ahead, and since it's uh, uh, PPR, I I grabbed Jarvis Landry. He's still vacuuming targets. Maybe he's not getting the sheer and complete volume he did in Miami, but he still gets a pretty high volume of target. And, And the one thing that he seems to have over OBJ is that he he's always on the field whether, you know, OBJ misses some time. I love OBJ's talent, but Landry has carved out a role for him in that short to intermediate, uh, passing game where he just is. If the ball is near him, he's going to catch it. He's a dog. Uh, I think he's in the perfect spot with the perfect team. He's going to de- continue to develop the relationship with Baker and I feel like he's going to end up with another 80-catch season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I like both picks. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin is is easily working his way into the one there in that offense, obviously. I think for me the only question you have on McLaurin is how much more is Dwayne Haskins going to improve if he improves this season? I think that's the only thing that's going to hold McLaurin back. Uh, And I'm with you on Landry. He clearly has the chemistry with Baker. He's going to continue. He's – can, you know he's going to—his ceiling is a high upside wide receiver two, and his four is a low wide receiver two. You, you know you're getting a wide receiver two regardless, and it's him being more than likely your wide receiver three every single week. That's that's a huge steal for you, I agree. Uh, Tony, Tony commented in the chat there that that is a solid steal there with Landry in the seventh round, and I agree. Matt, uh, any yeah. thoughts on those two picks before we continue moving into the seventh round?
1: Yeah, I like the the Landry pick, especially for PPR. He's been solidly reliable. Um, I, I think some of the same thing about you with McLaren. Um, I really like him. I like his talent. I think the biggest question is the passing game around him. I've been curious that um, you know we've seen Washington linked to possibly signing Cam Newton. We've seen them uh, that they have interviewed to Tagovailoa because uh, they have the second pick. Um, it seems like with a new regime, even those guys might not be sold on Haskins. And I think we, we saw a pretty good sample size. It was disappointing how little of a connection he had with McLaren, considering that they were college teammates, right? So, yep. Um, you know, that's the only thing that holds me back. But the value, uh, he is a, a young guy that I have on, on several rosters that I really love.
2: Alright, so after Landry at 7-1, we had Christian Kirk go at 7-2, Marquise Hollywood Brown at 7-3, then Tony came up at 7.4 and took Zach Ertz. He said the tight end position is one that he still gives value to. Uh, more than others. If I'm talking about elite talent and opportunity, Ertz still fits both. I know about the risk of Goddard, but I'm gambling. Man, if I can beat my opponent most weeks at tight end without worrying about it, I'll do it, and I agree with everything he said there. Ertz, I still think even with Goddard coming on, it's still probably, I think Andrews is, in my opinion, past him. I think it's Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, then Ertz, but I still think Ertz is in that top tier uh, of tight end. so I think it's a good pick for Tony. They're getting still the last elite tight end there in in the seventh round. Your guys' thoughts on the Ertz pick before we continue moving toward Matt here at seven seven with a very interesting pick.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Ertz is in a good spot, but he is definitely trending in the wrong direction. And as Philadelphia adds more receiving help on the outside, it does not. I don't think doesn't bode well for. Ertz moving forward. He's going to continue to split time probably more evenly with Goddard going forward. I mean, he's a good player. I just think his window of opportunity is closing.
1: Yeah, I like Ertz, but for Dynasty, I favor uh, Goddard, especially uh, with where you can usually get him. Um, I I would definitely have faded Ertz out of the, the top three. I think it puts him kind of in the middle of that next tier. Um, So it's not a bad pick. Uh, He's still got a lot of name value. He's still got a lot of potential. It'll be interesting to see what Philly does in terms of adding to its receivers.
2: So at 7.5, we saw Marlon Mack. Then we saw two rookie wide receivers go. Jerry Judy at 7.6. And Matt, you took C.D. Lamb, which is an interesting pick for me with some of the other guys on the board. Maybe it's a very smart pick. Why did you go C.D. Lamb?
1: Um, I think he's going to go high, obviously in the first round, um, potentially either to the jets, um, or the Raiders. Um, we've seen, you know, kind of looking at receivers could potentially go to San Francisco. Um, there's a lot of different possibilities. I think he's, uh, an incredible receiver, an incredible athlete. I've been very impressed, um, by what I've seen from him, um, if somehow he manages to fall to 15 to Denver, uh, you know, you you might not be able to find me after that pick in the draft because I'll be out celebrating too hard. Um, but <laughs> I I like him. I took a big swing, uh, went and got a premier rookie uh, player that I like.
2: Yeah, I like it too. He he is my wide receiver one, and I think regardless of if he goes to the Jets or the Oakland Raiders, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Uh, I saw someone make a comparison about this on Twitter the other day, and I wish I could remember who it was because I think, and this may even excite you even more, Matt. uh, For me, watching C.D. Lamb play, someone said this, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. He plays like a wide receiver version of George Kittle. And the fact that he plays extremely angry as soon as he gets the ball in his hands, and I agree with that 100%. The dude is an absolute baller. I think whatever team gets him is going to get an absolute stud. It's why I hate that Dennis outbid me for him Uh, in, in our auction draft. I just couldn't pay thirty-four dollars for him. I wanted him badly and I was hoping people would let me take him at thirty, but no, no, no. Dennis, you had to come in there and outbid me. So but I love CD Lamb, I think, regardless of where <laughs> I you know, hey, you said it, not me. So I'm just gonna leave that there. Uh, but I, I love the pick of Lamb. Um uh Dennis, your thoughts on the pick of C D lamb before we move on to what we are now at my pick at seven twelve.
3: I I gotta be honest, I almost took Lamb back at the turn. It was super, super tempting. I, I thought, well, let me. If he'd have made it back to me at the 812, I'd have taken him there.
2: Yeah, it's it's a great pick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you guys on that. I'm I think I'm about to shock some people here. So uh, after at uh, 7.8 Philip Lindsay, 7.9 AJ Green, 7.10 Darius guys, and then Daniel Tobin at 7.11 takes Devonte Parker. So this is kind of what I was hoping for. I did not obviously in a way it did not work out for me. There was a couple guys I wanted at quarterback such as Baker Mayfield. Actually was thinking maybe a Matt Stafford would drop this far. I did not think Baker would drop into the 7th round. But getting to this point, there's not a lot of running backs here that I really like. There's a couple guys that are intriguing, but no one I really want. Same with wide receivers. There are two tight ends on the board that I really like. However, there's like four more a little bit lower that I think I can steal later. So I'm going to double up now on my quarterback. So I feel like I'm getting great value here in the 7th round, and I'm going all New York, baby. I'm taking Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones as my quarterbacks to young guys with I think a lot of upside uh I I I actually like both of them I I love to pair my quarterbacks with someone so I am a little bit upset that I don't have a a wide receiver or tight end for either one of those guys yet uh might happen later in the draft I do love to pair my wide receivers with a quarterback and obviously Adams Keenan Allen Samuel although Justin Herbert is still on the board, and there is a lot of talks about him going to the Chargers. Uh, But those are the two guys that I'm going. What are your guys' thoughts on me taking, uh, shoring up the New York market at quarterback?
3: Well, when I took Dak, um, my consideration that I was taking was to literally wait till later and take one of these two guys. So I I think they're in the right spot, and they're both very good uh, quarterbacks that are on the rise. Um, I do think Darnold has a few more issues uh, as they relate to Adam Gase, but other than that, I think they're both very talented quarterbacks. Do you know Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow?
2: I do know that. So is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Joe Burrow's a little bit of an old man coming into the draft, which is funny to say because he's really not that old. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, like I said, I, I love Darnold. He was a guy... I think showed at the end of last year what he could be after he really kind of came back from the mono. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on those two before we uh, continue going with the eighth round?
1: Um, Yeah, I I think they're good picks. I I was really hoping that Darnold would take a step up last year. Um, You know, it obviously hasn't quite happened uh, yet, you know, maybe the, the illness, uh, took him out of it a little bit last year, but I thought Daniel Jones was actually one of the most pleasant surprises in that draft class last year. He looked, uh, really good at times. They have a lot of weapons for him in New York. Uh, if they make some good picks and, and shore up that offensive line, I think that'll help but you get two young quarterbacks, uh, that hopefully will grow and you won't have to worry about that position.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if you guys follow David Gettleman on Twitter, but he put that little uh, Kermit the Frog sipping the tea thing, but it's Daniel Jones sipping tea after uh, after everybody made fun of him last year for that pick, and he's definitely uh, proved us all wrong with that. I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he's going to take a step up, and I do think Darnold take a step up this year as well. Uh, Miko Hardman at 8-2. At 8-3, we saw David Johnson, 8-4, Evan Ingram, 8-5, Austin Hooper, which brought Matt up at 8-6, taking and interesting pick gambling on a possible starter for the rams and who did you take matt
1: well i was so close to uh to waiting all this time and landing david johnson as my running back one which would have probably uh, been a reward (laughs) i didn't deserve um so but he went so i decided to take a chance on daryl henderson um obviously todd Gurley is gone the Rams pretty cash strapped. Don't actually have picks either. I know a lot of people after Gurley went. Well, they're just going to draft one of these running backs with uh, what draft picks they they have? No picks. They have no money. Um, kind of. And I know Malcolm Brown is there, but I think we all really liked uh, Darrell Henderson as a pick uh, last year. I you know you have to believe talent wins out, and even if he's splitting that position, if they can get back to a more uh, high-efficiency offense. I mean, you saw Todd Gurley, even with his knee issues and with uh, sharing the load, um, was borderline RB1, I believe. I think he finished 11 or 12 uh, in that offense, even taking a step back last year. So I, I thought it was worth the gamble.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting gamble, especially if he uh, if he ends up becoming the, the running back one, which we, we obviously don't know. I do think he probably has the... The the leg up on the fact that Sean McVay wanted him. This was a guy that he really targeted in the draft last year. A lot of people very high on him, and now he will likely get the shot to be the one. Uh, Dennis, your thoughts on Darrell Henderson?
3: Given the options, I think it's a a good pick. I don't know. I probably I I feel like I might have taken Hunt over him, Um, or maybe even. Acres or Clyde Edwards, a uh, you know, at this point when you're waiting, it, it's, it comes down to being able to give yourself options to work with. And so you may be in a position to trade one of your other assets. So since you're not drafting a running back, then you'll end up trading a wide receiver because you're super strong there. Or maybe you would have taken a third quarterback to trade to somebody that has a, a really weak second quarterback or that they get injured. So I, I, I like Henderson. I want him to do well. He's he's looked dynamic w- when he does play. So uh, I, I, I don't hate the pick. Can you guys hear my son playing guitar?
2: negative we cannot hear okay. i can't hear anything outside of outside of us so i think we're good uh, at 8.7 kareem hunt at 8.8 cam acres he is the one uh, that i'll agree with you dennis i i probably would have thought about acres the only reason i probably side with matt on taking henderson is at least you know what Henderson is competing with and and the job he has. Where Cam Akers is kind of a guy, we we don't know where he's going to go just yet. And and he is one of the guys that's kind of divisive in the community. Some people really love him, some people don't. Uh, At 8.9, Tony took Tom Brady. Uh, He said here, with arguably the most high-powered offense he's ever had, with maybe the best group of receivers in the NFL, I expect Brady to have one of his best statistical careers. Throw-up emoji, throw-up emoji, throw-up emoji, throw-up emoji. I like Brady. Win now, baby. So I like it. Uh, I do think it's a somewhat good pick for him. Uh, I mean, I would have taken Kirk Cousins, the, the clutch man himself, Kirk Cousins, there over Tom Brady, but I can't argue the Brady pick. Will Fuller goes at I would have
1: taken Kirk Cousins too and I Oh been- my
2: god. No. I I think Tom Brady is
1: Gonna be lucky to be top twenty. I honestly Stop don't think the he's very presses.
2: good. I'm just gonna let you know. I'm gonna clip that right now and send that to Kirk Cousins, and that's gonna make his day because i he knows how much you hate him. And I just the the fact that you even spoke nice words about him on this podcast, I think is is changing the whole world. I'm I'm proud of you, Matt. I really am. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for Kirk as well that this this has happened on the podcast. At uh, 8.11, Darren Waller, which brings up Dennis here at 8, 12, and 9, 1. So just to give everybody a heads up, we are going to run through the 10th round, and then we are going to pause it for today's episode. So just about two rounds left to go for today. Dennis, who are you taking at 8, 12, and 9, 1, and why?
3: Well, at 8, 12, I'm going to go with the last rookie running back in my top tier, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, I think there's a pretty substantial break between him and the next group, which is Keyshawn Vaughn, Zach Moss, uh, for me, LaMichael P. Ryan, a couple other guys down there. So uh, I like Edwards Allaire. Uh He's a great pass-catching back. He's explosive, if not fast. Uh, very shifty. Got good enough size, he can run the ball. Very similar to me, I think, to Devonta Freeman, a young Devonta Freeman. Uh, I think Freeman might have been faster coming out of college. But he can run the ball like Freeman did, catch the ball very well. So when I, I look at, um, you know, part of the reason, I guess, I don't when rookies are included in drafts or even rookie draft picks are included I tend to value established veterans over them. So here we are uh, at the end of the eighth round, and I'm taking the fifth rookie running back. Uh, so it, it's I need to. I look at it and I go, well, I need to get some youth somewhere, and he's probably the best shot. Um, it puts me in a situation where I've got a i have got can field a team now. I've got my two flexes. The only thing I don't have is a tight end and I'm gonna actually pass on the tight end. I feel like i there's enough options at that level uh at the next tier of tight ends with the people who've come off the board. Well, I guess Hunter Henry and Noah Fant are there. i I take all that back. uh I don't think I don't think either one of them are going to make it back to me. And I do think there's a clear teardrop from those guys. So that being said, I'm going to grab Noah Fant.
2: Well, that was one of the guys I was hoping was going to fall to me. So I like both picks, obviously. Uh, CEH worries me a little bit just because I don't know what NFL teams think about him. Uh, He's one of those guys that I feel like the fantasy community loves him, but it kind of seems like the NFL community is not quite as high on him as we are. So I am a little bit worried about him. But again, him being your RB3, I don't think is a a huge risk for you. And I love the Noah fan pick. He was actually one of the reasons why I went to quarterbacks in the last round was because I had hoped that him or possibly Austin Hooper would fall to me uh, in this round. And obviously both of them are gone. So I I love both those picks for you. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on those guys before we keep on rolling?
1: No, I mean, I, I like the uh, the no-fant pick. Um, I have him in a lot of places. I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, the, the running backs, I still think, one, you know, when we look back at this, you know, in a month when the NFL draft has happened, one or two of these running back picks are going to look really bad because there's always a surprise team that grabs in there. But at this point in time, without knowing landing spot, without knowing – path to touches. You just kind of have to go with your gut and have to go with talent. And I, you know, we had the discussion when I was making my running back picks, you're kind of at that place with established guys where you don't have a clear path to see who's going to dominate. You just have to kind of go with your gut and go with guys you think um, have the talent and have have somewhat of an opportunity.
2: All right, so then at uh, 9.2, we had Cam Newton go, 9.3 Nikhil Harry, and then we are sitting on the clock waiting for Tony uh, to make his pick as we scroll through as we're about to finish up here these last two rounds before we call it. Uh, And I pretty much agree with with what you said there, uh, Matt, that it's kind of a – at this point, it's – you know, I, I'm I'm trying to draft players that I, I feel like have more upside because there are so definitely some running backs on the board that are still worthwhile. You know, you still have Tevin Coleman. What is everybody's thoughts on Sony Michelle, really quick, while we're waiting on Tony to make his pick? I mean, he's a guy that you know Dennis, both me and you thought was going to have a huge year running the ball this year with what we saw out of the Patriots in the playoffs uh, two years ago. Is is Sony Michelle dead now, or what are we thinking on Sony Michelle? Because I'm going to be honest, I would have taken him over to who Tony just took.
3: I'd have probably taken uh, Michelle there as well. But I also, I got to be honest, I was very tempted to take Damian Harris. Okay. So because I I have so many questions about Michelle, it feels like Michelle is just He's one step ahead of Todd Gurley with the God arthritic God. knee is what it feels like. It just doesn't get reported on the way it does with Gurley because Gurley was a superstar. So I, I feel like Michelle is he, hes going to yeah. forever be a footnote in the what could have been section of this era of football. So I, I don't know. Sure. I, I don't hate uh, passing on him.
2: Matt, your
1: thoughts on Sonny Michel? Yeah, I would have taken him over Lamar Miller. I'll be curious uh, if Tony gives us a rationale because Miller's not even on a team and he hasn't really been uh, talked about a lot, um, you know, and there are a lot of terrible places he could end up. Sonny Michel, you know, I kept having high hopes that he was going to kick into gear uh, last year, you know, at least down the stretch, and uh, it just didn't happen. I don't know if it's not a good fit there if maybe he's not as healthy as we wish him to be. Um, you know, he has a lot of promise, but you have to be thinking, is this a guy that I would feel comfortable at any point in time putting in my lineup? And, you know, I, I just don't know that he's given us enough. And quite honestly, drafting right now today, we don't even know what New England's offense is going to be. They probably have for the first time in in almost, you know, all these college draft picks lifetime. New England has questions. You know, it, it seems like they are seriously considering rolling with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, which seems hard to believe. We we've seen a couple of years of of really high draft picks go there that just didn't uh, didn't quite hit. You know, Sony Michelle was kind of a surprise when they took him in the in the first round a couple of years ago. You know, we've seen flashes, just hasn't ever quite gotten there. And Nikhil Harry was a really high pick uh, last year because it seemed like he had opportunity, couldn't stay healthy, couldn't really find a role. We don't know what New England's going to be. They lost a lot of defensive players too, uh, You know, so they may not have that defense to carry them. Uh, they have offensive line issues. I think that's what's taken a toll on some of the running backs. So Looking long-term for the first time in a long time, New England doesn't seem like a good bet long-term either right now.
2: Yeah, so we did get Tony's, uh, Tony's reasoning behind the pick. Uh, he forgot that Lamar Miller does not play for the Texans anymore, so he, he admitted that he <laughs> fucked that pick up. So we... Uh, you know here's hoping for the best on that one again it's a mock draft so you know you live you learn so that's a good thing for him uh, at 9.5 Hunter Henry 9.6 Mike Williams I like that pick of Mike Williams there at 9.6 9.7 Raheem Mostert 9.8 Kirk Cousins 9.9 Jared Goff 9.10 James Winston which brings Daniel Tobin up uh, and he takes Damian Williams uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs there at 9.11 putting me on the clock at 9.12 I mentioned it. Uh, Earlier, I like to double up my guys. I still believe in Sterling Shepard, so I'm going to take Shepard there to kind of pair with Daniel Jones when I need to, and I think I am going to take my tight end right now, and this hurts my heart. Uh, This goes against everything I believe in. But I'm going to take O.J. Howard in hopes that Tom Brady does revitalize his career and, and turn him into the tight end we all thought he was going to be when he went to Tampa. Your guys' thoughts, uh, Matt, we'll start with you on Sterling Shepard and O.J. Howard to me at 9, 12, and
1: 10-1. Uh, I think Sterling Shepard is a solid pick. Um, decent wide receiver has uh, you know a, a good chance there. We all think Daniel Jones. Uh, has turned out to be a good pick. So getting a, a receiver, if he can stay on the field, I think that's been some of the biggest issue the last couple of years with a lot of the Giants' weapons. Him, Evan Ingram, uh, you know, can those guys stay on the field? I, I have no faith in OJ Howard. In fact, I think if the tight end does break out with Brady, it's more likely to be Cameron Brate. Um I don't even think. I think OJ Howard, if james winston uh had not been there last year oj howard would have been arian's least favorite player
2: yeah i don't disagree with you on that it was it, it's definitely a leave of faith however i only take him because there's about four other tight ends that i have no doubt will at least one of them will fall to me uh in the 11th round and i'm definitely gonna double up at tight end i'm not someone especially in a startup draft gonna take just one tight end uh dennis do you have any thoughts on those two picks before we finish out the 10th round for tonight
3: I'd have probably taken one of the tight ends that Bruce Arians didn't hate.
2: Yeah, Um, that's fair. I thought about Goddard, but you know what? I just, I'm I'm doing something different. Doing something different.
3: Well, no, I mean, there's, I I like even Hayden Hurst in Atlanta is going to have an opportunity to step in. Jack Doyle in Indianapolis. We've seen what Phillip Rivers can do with a good tight end. Uh, Johnu Smith in Tennessee. My concern with him is going to be volume. If will they reel in the, tighten up the reins and kind of not let him go as, uh, uh, go as hard. But you know T J. Hawkinson was there. You know so there's plenty of good options. I think that don't have the questions that O.J. Howard does.
2: Oh, I agree with you. My my point on all the guys you just mentioned, they are way down the list here in the rankings, and I think at least one of those guys is going to fall. There's, As I said, those guys, I don't think Goddard will fall. to Maybe you have a guy like Mike Gusecki, T.J. Hawkinson, Tyler Higbee, Jonu Smith, Dawson Knox, Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, Gerald Ever, Jack Doyle, all way down I'm on that tight end list. That's all right. You know what? There's two <laughs> tight end rookies that I like that I'll grab there in the 17th round. All right. So finishing out the 10th round here at uh 10-2. Tobin <laughs> takes Alexander Madison at 10-3, Brandon Cooks at 10-4, Sony Michelle. And then at ten five, Tevin Coleman, which brings us into Matt's pick at ten six. And he takes a steal, in my opinion. Matt, who did you grab at the ten six?
1: Yeah, so last round I got my uh potential running back too with Mostert. Um, a guy I took a shot on. Um, you know, kind of for the same reasoning. I I think he has a lot of talent. It's so obviously a Commit dreadful committee situation, but um, I thought he had a lot of upside to bear with Henderson. Uh, coming back in round 10, I'm going to take my third quarterback to kind of shore up that position. I went with Drew Locke, um, not just because I love Denver, but you know I said I, earlier, I think he's poised to take a, a real step up. Um, he had a it kind of went a little bit under the radar, but the last five games of the season that he started, he looked good. He looked comfortable. Um, has a lot of time to work. Denver has cleared out all the decks uh, and made it so that he doesn't have to feel like he has anyone behind him because no fan is going to be up there chanting Jeff Driscoll's name. So, you know, that gives him a little bit of confidence. Melvin Gordon comes in with Philip Lindsey. They have Sutton. They have Fant. I imagine that they're going to take a wide receiver at pick 15. Um, I think he has top 20 upside, second-year player. Uh, So mixing that in with Baker... And um, Deshaun Watson gives me three uh, pretty solid quarterbacks to choose from.
2: Yeah, I, I like the pick of Locke uh, a lot. Obviously, we were talking about him earlier. He's a guy that had he lasted one more round, he he might have been a guy that I would have tried to grab as my uh, QB three. Uh, I completely forgot that we skipped over your Mostert pick, so I like that as well. I, I do... I don't know how they're going to split the carries between him and Coleman, but with everything we saw last year, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up leading that backfield, if it is even a 50-50 committee. Uh, He's definitely explosive enough to be a good uh, running back too. Uh, Dennis, your thoughts on Mostert and Locke before we knock out the rest of this 10th round?
3: Man, I would love just any one of the running backs in San Francisco to just get a shot to be the guy. But... Time and time again, we see one of them come in, get a shot to be the guy, have a good game, like a really good game, and then the next week be completely de- out of the game plan or have one bad play in the middle of the first quarter and they're not heard from again. Most Mostert is explosive. He's shown what he can do. He can catch the ball. You know, I don't think he's, he's not built for 275 carries, but if you give him 200 carries and 75 targets, I I think you're getting, you've got a very dynamic running back there. It's just, uh, you know, that system where they just slot people in and, you know, I could go there and and gain 900 yards. I think running that system. Well, it Uh, seems like like he and
1: Tevin Coleman are kind of a, Possibly the top two, but I mean, I guess last year we saw Tevin Coleman being talked about tying a, a Jerry Rice record, and then all of a sudden vanished. Right.
2: All right. It's
3: just it's crazy there.
2: So after that, we've got it's Ryan Tannehill at ten seven at ten eight, Deontay Johnson, and we're waiting for Tony to make his uh, pick here at ten nine. You're just a couple picks away. Dennis, what are you thinking about doing with your last pick of this round? Tony made his pick at Drew Brees, uh, but go ahead and answer that question.
3: Well, right now I'm kind of looking at running back depth. So, you know, who's going to be my RB4? You know, Ronald Jones is still there. Looks like he's got the lead uh, on that job. You know, there's talk about Matt Breida being pushed out of San Francisco. I don't know if I want to uh, mess with anything there. Rashad Penny's available, but he's probably not going to do a whole lot this season, coming off of that late season injury last year. You know, Damian Harris is there. Tony Pollard is there. Justice Hill is there. Those are all guys that uh, have some interest for me. Um, you know, I'm tempted to go with another tight end. There's there's good guys. There's Gasicki, there's Hawkinson, um Higby, I think Johnu, Irv Smith, Haydner. So there's lots of good tight end options. So I'm probably gonna go ahead and pass on tight end. Um good depth at receiver. You know, you took Sterling Shepard, but didn't take Darius Slayton. Uh, I don't see I didn't see Slayton go off. He, I mean, I think Slayton is the best receiver there. Um you know that Curtis Samuel, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, one of my favorites, Preston Williams. But I think Preston Williams will probably still be available. Anthony Miller. If if uh, Nick Foles wins the job in Chicago, they may have a quarterback that can support more than one wide receiver, and Miller could really. I mean, he's flashed some really, really good talent. But given that this is super flex, and rookies are included. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, and and when it's my turn here, uh, I'm going to take um, my rookie quarterback one.
2: So you're taking Joe I can, Burrow, Joe Cool.
3: I, I no, I'm taking my rookie quarterback one. Tua. Yeah. Oh,
2: I don't
3: know. Tua. All right. So that leaves you know I'm probably going to have to grab try to get. A another veteran. Uh, I, I, if Drew Brees was there, I think I would have taken Drew Brees. Um, there's still a couple options at quarterback. You know, yeah. uh, Garoppolo's there, Roethlisberger, Haskins, Rivers, Bridgewater, all guys, Derek Carr, all guys that are likely to be starters this year. Uh, for, and, and so, those options are there. But at this point in the draft, if I'm gonna take a third quarterback. I want somebody better than that, maybe, or I want to go with somebody that's young uh, and a rookie. So Tua may end up sitting this year, but in Dynasty, taking my QB1, uh, I've got my team ready to go. I, I don't have to worry. Now I'm drafting depth uh, for the next few rounds. So uh, I like Tua as my guy. I like his college production. Uh, I like it with, that it was a little more... Consistent, yeah. Burrow had a great season, but he's, you know, he's 33 years old coming into the league.
2: Hey, don't and knock 33 year olds, man. We're still young.
3: <laughs> so Tua is my guy.
2: Uh, you mentioned Drew Brees was not on the board. Tony did take him at 10 nine, uh, as Matt said here in our chat. He's cornering the market on 40 year old passers. Uh, Tony said he did want to pair him with Michael Thomas at 10 ten. Dallas Goddard, and then at 10 eleven, James White. Before you took Tua which is where we're going to pause it today. Uh, Not a bad pick, uh, especially with the fact that you have two guys that you already know can start for you, uh, Tua who likely will get some kind of red shirt at least beginning part of the year. Um, Whether it's the full year, half the year, you know Tua is likely not going to start to begin the year, but you don't have to rely on him early. Uh, So going to give a quick recap of all three of our teams before we get out of here. Uh, Dennis, you ended up with Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and Tua so far at quarterback at running back, Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, Clydes, Edward Hilaire, and then wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, Terry McLaurin, Jarvis Landry, Noah Fant at tight end. Matt, you have got Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Andrew Locke at quarterback, at running back, Darrell Henderson and Raheem Mostert, wide receiver, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith Schuster, and CeeDee Lamb, with Mark Andrews as your tight end. And then I have got Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones as my quarterbacks. Joe Mixon, Devin Singletary, and J.K. Dobbins at running back. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, and Sterling Shepard at wide receiver with O.J. Howard as my tight end. And I'm going to read Tony's team since he's been participating from afar here. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees at quarterback. Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Swift, and Lamar Miller at running back with Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, at wide receiver and Zach Ertz at tight end. So all in all, I like our teams. Uh I like my team the best, but I uh, may maybe a little bit of a biased opinion. Matt, real quick, what was your what's your thought on your team so far?
1: Um I like the way it's going. You know, I like my wide receivers. I think I uh, solid at tight end and quarterback, uh running back probably the back half of uh, the draft I would have to take a lot of flyers.
2: And then Dennis real quick, last thoughts on your team before we get out of here?
3: Yeah, probably. I think I reached on two. I probably could have had him uh, a couple rounds later. You know, maybe I should have went with more depth. But you know, he's my guy. I wanted to get him on my team, and uh, I feel like the the running back, uh, the wide receiver, tight end depth that'll come back around to me will still be pretty good. So uh, I'm okay. I like the team overall.
2: I I don't hate it. Once we uh, when we finish this out, you guys are going to see a lot of picks here at the end of this draft. That you're going to be looking at me like, "What the fuck is he doing?" And it's I'm going to be grabbing my guys, guys that I have real high hopes in, and guys that I believe in. Uh, so obviously, both of you, thank you so much for doing this with me today. Ten rounds through, uh, we're going to finish the other seven some point in time this week, maybe Friday's episode. We'll we'll figure it out here off air. But thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you guys have time, please rate and review uh, the show and follow Dennis at culture underscore coach on Twitter and Matt at Nighthawk7734. Hope you guys like the new intro as well. We really appreciate Gabe for setting us up with that. Uh, it was a really cool thing for him to do that for us. Uh, and we will talk to you guys again later.
3: Right on.
1: Have a great week. Prepare
2: for glory. I do know if you got.
0: I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, Golly. Oh, they tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play?
3: I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.